If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman and his guise of Clark Kent is accompanied by cub reporter Jimmy Olsen as, together, they rush with Sergeant Healy to Metropolis Hospital in response to an urgent directive from police headquarters. Gee whiz, what's happened here, Doctor? Where are Howard Jones and Bobby Lee? I, I don't know, Mr. Kent. What? I... What do you mean you don't know, Doc? They couldn't just, just dissolve into thin air? I know, Sergeant, but all I can tell you is that five minutes ago, the nurse assigned to them came running into my office and reported that both Jones and Lee were not in their beds, their rooms, or anywhere in the building. It's as if... as if they vanished. Gang, I'm sure all of us, at least once in a time or another, have played the sucker by making snap judgments. For instance, in sizing up new acquaintances, we take a quick look, maybe say hello and goodbye, and then think we know all about the fellow we just met. Well, it just doesn't work that way. Sad experience will teach you, if you haven't already found out, that you can't rely on snap judgments to tell how much you know about somebody. Suppose I decided I couldn't stand the guy who moved in next door for one of a number of senseless reasons. Then in a couple of weeks, we became real pals. The new neighbor turned out to be a swell guy, and I found out that my first impression of him was all lopsided. But see how foolish I would look to myself? Well, that shows that prejudging a man before you really get to know him is senseless. And another word for prejudging is prejudice. Both words mean that you've made up your mind in advance whether you will or will not like a person. So they're both senseless. Even when you make up your mind you don't like a guy because of his tie or because he squints all the time, those are your prejudices. But some people have more dangerous prejudices. They decide in advance that they won't like a fellow because of his race or his religion or the country his grandfather came from. They never really get to know the guy. Does that make sense? Well, certainly not. Because in the end, prejudice makes you lose out. For if you don't give every boy and girl a chance to prove what kind of people they really are, you wind up missing some very fine friendships with some very swell people. It's just as simple as that. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman. 
When Superman saved the lives of Howard Jones and Bobby Lee, two members of Jimmy Olsen's Unity House track team who had been warned by intolerant hate mongers to withdraw from playground competition, he left the boys at Metropolis Hospital. Then, as Clark Kent, he set out to track down whoever sent the fearful warning symbols that threatened the two boys with a lifetime on crutches. Discovering that the miniature crutches which accompanied the warning notes were carved from wooden cases used to ship a soft drink called Fizzo, Kent, accompanied by Jimmy Olsen and Sergeant Healy, were on their way to visit the Fizzo bottling plant when a voice on the police car radio announced... Howard Jones and Bobby Lee reported missing from Metropolis Hospital. Investigate at once. As we join them now, Kent, Jimmy, and Sergeant Healy are staring at two empty beds in the room that had been occupied by the missing boys. A white-clad doctor stands with them. When did you first discover their disappearance, Doctor? Couldn't have been more than ten minutes ago, Mr. Kent. Do you think it's possible for a patient to just walk out of the hospital without being seen by someone? Why, no. Gee whiz, then... Then somebody must have taken them out of here. Now, who would do a thing like that, Jim, and why? Oh, whoever threatened them, Sergeant, and, and sent them those little crutches. Oh, now look, Great son. Scott. What's what? the matter, what? Mr. Kent? Come out into the corridor with me, all of you. Hurry! What did you bring us out here for, Kent? I don't see anything special in this corridor. You will in a minute, Jim. Uh, Doctor, do you have the key to this door? Why, well, yes, but this is the porter's broom and mop closet. I know, I know it is. Open it, please. I don't understand what you expect to find in here. Well, it better be good or... Holy smoke. Well, I'll be hanged. Two kids. Howard. Bobby. Hi, Jim. Oh, boy. Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The questions can wait until we get these boys back into their beds. Come on. There. Are you comfortable now, boys? Yes, sir. Good. Now, tell us what happened. Well, you tell them, Howie. Okay. Uh, Bobby here was in bed with his broken ankle, and I was sitting in that chair by the window, just kind of resting my bruises. When I looked down toward the street, and I almost fell on my face when I saw it was coming into the hospital. Who was it, Howie? Ralph Mason. No kidding. That's right, Jim. Howie jumped up and yelled, Here comes Ralph Mason with a big husky man. And this time they'll get us. What made you think they'd come to get you? Well, well, because it was Ralph who first threatened us and warned us to quit the Unity House team. That's right, Sergeant. He threatened Coach Thorne and me, too. I see. Go on with your story, Howard. Well, Bobby and I were both pretty scared. And how? So I helped him off the bed, and as soon as we got out in the corridor, we saw the elevator coming up. We were sure Ralph and that man were on it. Then we really got panicky. I saw that closet door open, so I dragged Bobby into it and then slammed the door shut behind us. And if you hadn't found us, we'd probably have suffocated in there. She was. Why didn't you open the door after a while? They couldn't, Jim. They couldn't. There's an automatic snap lock on these closet doors that opens only with a key from the outside. Oh. Yeah, we found that out. Uh, Sergeant, look, we've got work to do on a certain clue, remember? Uh, that's right, Kent. Uh, Mr. Kent discovered those little crutches you fellas got as a warning were caught out of cases used uh, No to... time for that now, Jim. We'll keep you boys posted. Come on, Sergeant, let's get going. Uh, this is it, Kent. This old bottling company. Right, Sergeant. Come on, let's Holy get... Holy smokes. Look at that. Look at what, Jim? What it says on that sign under Fizzo Bottling Company. Huh? John and George Mason, proprietors. Well, I'll be... Isn't that... Sure. The... John Mason is Ralph's father. Hey. What a coincidence. Coincidence, my eye. I told you Ralph Mason knows more about what's happened to Howard and Bobby... Ah, than his... rubbish. Come on, Kent. Let's you and I go in and have a talk with Mason. Jim, you stay here. Oh, now, look, Sergeant... Don't argue, Jim. Don't argue. Let's go, Sergeant. Sergeant. <laughs> 
Certainly, Sergeant. What can I do for you? Just give me a list of the customers to whom you deliver fizzle in case lots. A list? In case lots? But but why? Whatever do you want that for? Well, you see... Oh, we were just wondering... uh, 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 By the way, Mr. Mason, I I just remembered something I mustn't forget. Do you mind if I use your typewriter to make a note of it? Why? Why, no. Uh, Help yourself. Thanks. Well, what do you say, Mr. Mason? You let me have that list? Well, uh, this is rather irregular. But it's very important to a case we're working on. Oh, very well, Sergeant. Under those circumstances, I, I guess I can't refuse. But I will need a few hours to copy the list you want from our books. Okay, let me know when you have it, and I'll send over for it. Ready to go, Kent? Yes, yes. I... Oh, I see you're pretty good at whittling, Mr. Mason. Those little figures on your desk are very interesting. Hobby of yours? What? Uh... Well, no, no. My my brother... That the wood your fizzo bottle cases are made of makes rather good whittling, I guess. Uh, well, yes. Uh, yes, I, I suppose so. Come on, Kent, let's go. Okay, Sergeant. Uh, see you again, Mr. Mason. Soon, I hope. Yes, Sergeant, I'm pretty much convinced now that John Mason is the man behind the terrorizing of the two Unity House boys. So am I. I've been saying that You keep out of this, young fella. Okay. Now, Kent, I think you're way off base. But if you'll give me two good reasons for suspecting Mason, I'll take him in for questioning. All right. Number one, Ralph Mason, John's son, threatened the two boys, as well as Jim and Coach Thorne. So what? I told you... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Number two, we find the little wooden crutches that were sent to Howard and Bobby as a warning symbol... We're made out of wood from a fizzo packing case, and that leads us to John Mason. Okay. Furthermore, I discover evidence of whittling as a hobby in John Mason's office. All circumstantial evidence. Nothing that any good lawyer couldn't knock into a cocked hat. Maybe. But here's something that'll hold up in court. What's that? A sample of the typing from Mason's office typewriter, which, unless I miss my guess, will match the typed message attached to the miniature crutches received by Jones and Lee. How about that, Sergeant? Ah. Well, if it does match, you've got something, Kent. And on that evidence, I take him in. Good. Head for your police lab, and we'll have your expert check it right away. Confident that he will soon have the unsportsmanlike Mason brothers behind bars, Clark Kent accompanies Sergeant Healy to the police laboratory, unaware that at this moment, new and serious trouble is brewing at the Mason's plant. We'll be back in a moment for the suspenseful climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Johnny has a broken front tooth. Johnny has two freckles on his nose. All boys with a broken front tooth have two freckles on their noses. Sounds silly, doesn't it, gang? Yet that's how some people reason. How many times have you heard a man say, All the Irish have terrible tempers? Ask him how he came to that conclusion, and nine chances out of ten, he'll say, Well, Johnny has a temper, and Johnny is Irish, so all the Irish have tempers. Or if you ask a fellow why he insists that all Mexicans are troublemakers, he'll say, Manuel is a troublemaker, and Manuel is Mexican, so all Mexicans are troublemakers. That sort of reasoning doesn't make much sense, boys and girls. Not any more sense than saying that all boys with a broken front tooth have two freckles on their noses. You see, gang, all people aren't ever anything. Why, with the exception of some scientific facts about the human body, there isn't a single sentence you could say that would apply to all people. It can't be done. You see, characteristics that people have are the result of their own personal makeup and experiences. 
and have very little to do with their race or religion. Some people of every group have bad tempers or are lazy or mean. On the other hand, some people of every race and religion are among those you would be lucky to have as your friends. Boys and girls, whenever you're tempted to say all instead of some, think twice and then say to yourself, Johnny has a broken front tooth. Johnny has two freckles on his nose. All boys with a broken front tooth have two freckles on their noses. Think how silly that sounds. Then think straight. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As we continue now, John Mason is telling his brother George about the visit paid to their establishment by Clark Kent and Sergeant Healy. I tell you, George, things look pretty bad for us. Rubbish, John. You always wear a crepe hanger. Don't be stupid, George. Why do you think they came here asking for a list of our taste lots customers, huh? Because they traced the wood those blasted little crutches were carved from, that's why. Do you really think so? Of course I do. And on top of that, uh, Kent, that newspaper fella, asked me very pointedly if wood carving was my hobby. Good heavens, one made him ask that. Because you stupidly left samples of your art all over this office? Well, how in thunder was I to know they'd come here? I don't know. But I should have known that Kent fellow was too smart. This is his fault. Uh, this trouble we're in. No. No, it's that Olsen boy's fault. That's who. Ah, ridiculous. No, I tell you, it is his fault. He started all this trouble with Ralphie after Alfred Ralphie asked him to throw the Jones and Lee boys off the Unity House tea. So what? That only... I hate him. I hate that little rat. Don't work yourself up, George. I should have killed him instead of creasing his skull. That would have put an end to our troubles. Now, George, listen to me. No, I'm through listening to you. This time I'm going to finish it. George. George, come back here. I'm going to kill that Olsen boy even if I have to hang for it. Viciously slamming the door shut in his brother John's pleas, George Mason climbs into his car and with a cold, murderous look in his eye, drives toward the municipal stadium where he hopes to find Jim Olsen readying his team for the city championship track meet. What will happen? How will Clark Kent, who is Superman, learn of George Mason's determination to destroy Jim Olsen in time to save the young cub reporter's life? There's a thrill a minute in store for you tomorrow, gang, when we bring you the smashing climax of this story and the beginning of a new and exciting adventure. So don't fail to listen. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for more of the Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom X and his Ralston straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. 
today, as Superman works with the police to forge the final links of evidence against John and George Mason, a fateful conference is taking place between the two evil brothers. If Clark Kent and the police are wise to us, George, we'll go to jail, and it'll be your fault. No, no, it's that Olsen boy's fault. He started all this trouble after Ralphie asked him to throw the Jones and Lee boys off the Unity House team. Uh, so what? That only proved... I should have killed him instead of creasing his skull. That would have put an end to our troubles. Now, George, listen to me. No, no, I'm through listening to you. This time I'm going to finish. George, George, come back here. I'm going to kill that Olsen boy, even if I have to hang for it. You know, gang, there's always one fellow or girl in the neighborhood who's looked up to by all the others. He knows the score, and it's safe bet that most people look up to such a fellow not so much for what he knows, but for the things he does, the way he acts towards other people, his ability to get along with all boys and girls in town, no matter what their race, religion, or nationality. Well, gang, here are some pointers that might help you become the leader of your neighborhood. Check your own actions against these questions, scoring one point for each yes and nothing for each no. Answer honestly. If your total score is three or less, then you'd better get on the ball and change your ways. If your total is four or five points, then you're about average. But if your score is six or seven, then, brother, you know the score. Now, here's question number one. Are you interested in lots of things? For instance, if one of the boys on the block is keen on machinery, can you talk to him about it or listen to him while he explains a special type of machine to you? Or if another fellow is all wrapped up in stamp collecting or chemistry, do you ever take time out to ask him about it? We know some guys who are interested in sports and nothing else. Anybody who isn't interested in sports, they call a bookworm. But the guy who knows the score also knows that people are interested in lots of different things. And he should be, too. So question number one is, are you interested in many things? Well, think that over. And a little later in the program... We'll give you the other six questions. So be sure to keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that John and George Mason were responsible for the attacks on cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and two Unity House track stars, Clark Kent, who as we know is Superman presented his evidence to the Metropolis Police. But when the fanatical George Mason learned from his brother that he was under suspicion, he flew into a wild rage and swore that he would finish Jimmy Olsen, whom he blamed for his predicament. Pushing his brother aside, George rushed from his small bottling factory just as Ralph, his young nephew, entered. What's the matter, Dad? Why'd Uncle George rush out like that? That crazy maniac. I've got to stop him. George! George, come back here! There goes his car. Yes. Too late to stop him now, I'm afraid. Sure is. Stupid fool. He'll get himself hung. And me too. You mean, Dad? What's he done? He's gone off to kill young Olsen. Jim Olsen? Yes. He blames Olsen because Clark Kent and the police are suspicious of us. But holy cow, we gotta stop him, Dad. We've got to. Yeah, but how? He wouldn't listen to me. I know how to stop him. Wait, Ralph. Wait. Where are you going? I'm gonna save Jim. This thing's gone too far. I just got the report from the crime detection lab, Kent. Good. What's the dope, Sergeant? The warning note to Howard Jones and Bobby Lee was written on the typewriter in the Mason Brothers' office, just as you said. I knew it. Then they are behind this. You bet they are. Sure, it all adds up now. 
They sent Ralph, John Mason's son, to tell Howard and Bobby to quit the Unity House team. When the boys refused to quit, Ralph went to Jim Olson, the team's manager. When Jim told Ralph where to go, the Mason brothers tried to kill Jim and then sent those tiny crutches to Howard and Bobby as a threat. Right. And if not for Superman, Howard and Bobby would be both dead now. Well, what are we waiting for, Sergeant? We're waiting for nothing. I'm going out right now to pick up John and George Mason. Good. Want to come along? You bet I do. That's a pleasure I don't want to miss. Well, come on, then. Hey, excuse me, Sergeant, but this boy says he's got to Listen, see Listen, Sergeant. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you Ralph Mason? Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, what do you want? I... I've come to tell you that, that my Uncle Georgie, he's going to kill Jim Olsen. What? Are you telling the truth, Ralph? Yes, sir. My father tried to stop him, but he couldn't. I came here as fast as I could. Why that low down... Look, Ralph, I... I... didn't know there was going to be any killing or anything like that. Honest, I, I wouldn't have gotten mixed up in it All right, if I n- n- never mind that now, son. Where is your uncle? I don't know. He drove off in his car. He said he was going to get Jim. Great Scott, I'd better... Now, don't get excited, Kent. I'll put out a general alarm for Mason. We'll pick him up. But that may be too late. I've got to pick him up my way. So long. <laughs> Lois. Oh, hello, Clark. Where's Jim, do you know? Yes, he went to the Metropolis Stadium. Why? Stadium? Are you sure? Certainly. The playground championships that have you run off today, you know. But the track meet isn't scheduled to start until 3.30, and it, it, it's just a little after one now. I know, but Jim was going to pick up Howard Jones first. Where, at the hospital? Yes. Well, you seem worried, Clark. Is anything wrong? Plenty, but there's no time to explain now, Lois. I'll see you later. <laughs> This storeroom is deserted, so out of these clothes. This is a job for Superman. Got to get to the hospital before George Mason does. There we are, all set. Now just raise this window. So, now, up, up, and away! Sally, Howard. Saves us walking all the way around the stadium to the front door. Oh, swell. Gee, I wish I could run today, Jim. Yeah, so do I. I'm afraid Unity House won't have a chance without you. Oh, I wouldn't say that. No, it's true. But I both you and Bobby in the relays, we're really sunk in that event. Well, look, maybe I could run in the relay, Jim. I don't feel too bad. No, nothing doing, Howie. The doctor says you shouldn't run today, so that's final. No, we'll just Wait a minute, Jim. What's the matter? That, That man getting out of his car just ahead. You see him? What about him? He looks just like the man who almost ran me over the other night. He does? Uh-huh. He, jeepers, he, he's got a rifle. Yeah? What the... Jim, he's aiming at us. Sleeping lizards. He, he's going to shoot us. Frozen in their tracks, Jimmy Olsen and young Howard Jones face the rifle in the hands of the enraged George Mason. What will happen... We'll be back in a moment for the exciting climax of today's episode. So keep listening. Well, gang, here are the rest of the questions that will tell you if you know the score. Remember, score one point for each honest answer of yes and no point for no. Okay, here's question number two. Would you stick up for kids smaller than you who are picked on by tough guys? A boy or girl who wants to lead must help see that no bullies get to first base. Question number three. Do you respect the right of any boy or girl to worship in whatever church or synagogue he chooses? You should because whoever looks down on other religions is never looked up to by other Americans. 
Question number four. You speak up for the things you believe in. Let everybody know just where you stand. A true leader speaks up for what he believes. Question number five. Are you up on what's happening in the world? You know, gang, the newspapers aren't printed just so that you can deliver them. They're also printed so that you can read them and know what's going on. Question number six. Do you insist on fair play at all times? And by all times, I mean even the times when you lose. Question number seven. Do you choose your friends only because they're regular Joes without caring what side of the track they live on? Now that's very important. Because a fellow who can size up another guy for what he's really worth, who is never blinded by prejudice, is the one others will look up to. Well, boys and girls, there you have them. The seven questions that are the key to leadership and to popularity. Use them to open the doors of friendship for you. And you will always be tops. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. While Superman searches for cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and Howard Jones... Two youngsters have been ambushed in the alley behind the Metropolis Stadium by George Mason, who points a rifle at them and yells, I've got you now, Olsen. And you too, Jones. You won't either one get away this time. Holy smokes, Jim. What do we do? I, I don't know, Howie. Here comes a bullet right here, you little pup. Down, Howie. Flat on your face. Ah. Jim, Howie, look. Superman's here. Relax, boys. I stopped those two bullets. Now I'll take care of George Mason. Away! <laughs> Superman stopped those two bullets meant for me and Howie. Then he jumped on George Mason before he could get his rifle up again. One punch. Zowie. And Mason was listening to the birdies. Yes, I heard about it, Jim. Both Mason brothers are in jail now, where they belong. I feel kind of badly for Ralph, though. Ralph? Yeah. He's John Mason's son. The kid was really sorry for everything that happened. Well, he broke down and cried when Howard and I said we wouldn't prefer any charges against him. And he was tickled when he found out he could even run in the championships if he wanted to. Well, that was very decent of you and Howard, Jim. Say, where did I put my briefcase? Hmm? Oh, right here. Oh, thanks. But to top everything, the Unity House team was so sore about what happened, and because Howard Jones and Bobby Lee couldn't run, well, they practically burned the cinders off the track, and we won the playground championship. Yes, that was too bad, Jim. Too bad? Oh, I mean, uh, uh, what did you say? Well, I said... Hey, you haven't been listening to a word I said. I, I, I'm in a terrible hurry, Jim. There, I think I have everything. Where's Clark? Well, he went to police headquarters to prefer charges against the Masons. Well, listen, you look like you're going someplace. I am, and I did want to see Clark before I left. Oh, well, I haven't got time to wait for him. Well, where are you going? Well, I don't exactly know. You don't know? Uh-uh. It's quite a distance away, but that's all I know. I'll have to figure it out on the plane. Figure what out? Where I'm going. Huh? Oh, now, look, Miss I Lane, haven't what? got time to explain now, Jim. My plane leaves in 20 minutes. But Horatio says it's a terrific story, and we, we may run into danger, so... Horatio? Danger? What are you talking about? I told you, Jim, I haven't got time to explain, but look, Jim. Now, listen. If anything happens to me, if you don't hear from me by tomorrow at this time, 
Look up the Daily Planet for the day before yesterday and work out the crossword puzzle. The what? The crossword puzzle, Jim, in the Daily Planet of the day before yesterday. That'll tell you where I went. Well, goodbye, Jim. I've got to fly. But, Miss Lane, wait. Don't forget, Jim, the crossword puzzle will tell you where I am. Mystified and worried, too, Jimmy Olsen shakes his head dazedly as Lois Lane rushes from her office and across the city room, the traveling bag in one hand and a briefcase under her arm. What did Lois mean when she said... If anything happens to me, find the Daily Planet for the day before yesterday and work out the crossword puzzle. Where is the girl reporter going? What is this new mystery? Well, fellows and girls, it's one of the most thrilling and exciting adventures that Superman and his friends have ever been engaged in. We call it the crossword puzzle mystery. And it gets underway with a bang tomorrow. So be sure to listen. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 1 of the Crossword Puzzle Mystery on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Captain Midnight, which follows in just a moment. And right after Captain Midnight, you will hear Tom Mix and his Ralston Straight Shooters. This is a mutual broadcasting system. Welcome back. Well, Lois definitely has the smart plan here. She is going into danger that might leave her whereabouts unknown and her life in a perilous situation. So, of course, she's going to leave a vague clue about going through a crossword puzzle. I mean, there are so many things you could get out of a crossword puzzle, but maybe it's so obvious they would see it. And they do work for the newspaper, so they should at least be able to get the solution key so they don't have to spend, you know, an hour or two trying to figure out what a three-letter word for rotund is. But I'm sure we'll enjoy the story that results from this. Hopefully as much as the skin game, it really was a solid story, even though it borrowed a lot from previous story arcs that dealt with this whole uh, bigotry issue. What it really, I think, had going for it was just... The overall succinctness, we're dealing with a non-part story rather than something that goes, you know, 15, 16, 17 parts. It's a lot more focused and in many ways feels more uh, personal than one of their more meandering stories. One thing that James Launce uh, cited in his review for SupermanHomePage.com was the uh, nature of John and George and how they played off each other. And I do think that was an interesting uh, dynamic with the reasonable, calculating brother and the fanatic. So uh, good job with the uh, balancing act. I think this is probably the last of the serials with a major focus on uh, bigotry. Just glancing ahead at some of James Launce's uh, reviews, these seem to be pretty straight adventure stories and pretty good ones at that. So join us back here on Sunday as we start the next uh, serial. 
In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.